It's Thursday, August 25th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Mann, from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Maker, and from Motley Fool Stock Advisor, Jim Mueller. Guys, good to see you. Hi, Chris. What's happening? What's happening? Well, a lot is happening. What is going on? It's a quiet day. (laughs) Yeah. It is the opposite of a quiet news day. Uh, We have Warren Buffett putting about $5 billion into Bank of America. We will get to that in a moment. Uh, But we will start with uh, the front page news all over America. Steve Jobs officially stepping down as CEO of Apple. He recommended the board of directors name Tim Cook as his permanent replacement. Jobs will remain as chairman. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of angles to this story. Um, Joe Mager, um, I want to start with you. And, and let's start with just Steve Jobs' legacy as CEO. Well, I think you've got to say that he's the best CEO of our time. I mean, this is a guy who Pixar is an also-ran on his yeah. resume, right? Yeah. I mean, the things he's accomplished are just crazy. That The work he's done at Apple's redefined, effectively brought PCs to the masses, uh, redefined music, redefined uh, film indirectly, redefined the way we communicate. I mean, it's impossible to to really say how much he's done, and not just all that in terms of how we interact, but the way that devices have been produced and the way we use them and, and the way we think about design. Bill? There is one way that you can't, I mean, you can't, you, it'd be very hard to overstate what he's done, but you can quantify it. Since the day that he came back as CEO of Apple in 1997, Medicine. that stock has returned 9,600%. So I've that's, seen better. That's, <laughs> That's 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 good. Well, that even compounds well. Well, and I think I, you you raise a point that I think is is probably lost on particularly younger people, which is that um, this is Steve Jobs' second go round with Apple, yeah. um, and he was effectively booted out of the company in the mid eighties. He yeah. was he was sort of butting heads for with, being an autocrat, yeah. essentially. Um, which, and you know, they he came back uh, in ninety seven essentially because he was begged to do so. Yeah. Um, the Apple had the, next the Newton. It, it's really easy to you know to look back and say, well, obviously this guy you know this guy knew what he was doing. But really, when Steve Jobs came back in, it was it was considered a hail mary. I mean, they were just trying to Apple at you know 1997, 1998, going on into the next decade was basically looked at as a dying company that had a lot of cash. Well, and there was a, a, a quote that our producer Matt Greer pulled up uh, from 1997, uh, Michael Dell. CEO of Dell Computer was asked at a conference in '97. Um, this is mean. Uh, 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 hey, I'm just I'm just <laughs> reporting, just reporting the facts. Michael Dell was asked, you know, what would you do, you know, with Apple? And he said, if I were Steve Jobs, I would cl- I would shut down Apple and I would return the money to the shareholders. And um, yeah, yeah. And today we'd be using the Dell. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say we're probably a few quarters away from doing the same thing. Well, and Joe, you you mentioned Pixar. Um, you know, you look at the numbers there. This is a company that he bought from George Lucas for ten million dollars, and then sold it uh, to Disney to for, Dis- for seven billion? for more seven point four billion. Yeah, so that's uh, pretty good. Tim Cook uh, going to be the uh, the permanent CEO now, assuming that the the board. Um, uh, green lights uh, that appointment, uh, and I can't imagine the reason why they would. <laughs> I, th- I think they've already done that. Have they already done that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, what is Tim Cook facing for the next couple of years, Joe? Well, the good news is that all of Steve Jobs' work is largely in place. Like the track has been laid for the next several iterations of products they've got. 
And, you know, we can sit here and talk all day about how Steve Jobs' DNA is throughout the organization. Now, I don't know what kind of DNA, you know, that is. And the guy, you know, his leadership style definitely is unique and may not fit. Uh, You know, we have heard a lot of great things about Tim Cook, and he's had a couple dry runs. He's obviously very successful and very good at what he does. But whether he's got that same spark and the ability to lead Apple is certainly up for debate. And when you look at Jobs' resume, I don't think you can sit here and say that this isn't a downgrade. I think uh, Cook is a great operator. He's been CEO for several years and has really made Apple a a lean machine in in getting its products out. And he's been the all-but-a-name CEO over the last several months while Steve Jobs has been on his uh, uh, medical leave of absence. Mm -hmm. What uh, investors might be looking for is more of an innovative leader, a visionary that Steve has. And I'm not I don't know if Tim Cook has that. The hardest job in the world is to follow a legend, you know. And I True. don't, yeah. I don't True. think that you, uh, you know. I think the pro- the challenge for Tim Cook is that everything bad that that happens at Apple is now going to be happening on his watch, and it will be a very natural thing for for people to perhaps overreact or react in a certain way, which is, well, if you know, if if Steve were still here running the show, things would be done differently, and you know that that's that's going to be his big challenge because he is truly following the legend of legends. In the short term, I don't think there's going to be much problem with uh, Apple or Apple stock. Uh, the, the, as Joe mentioned, the products are pretty well lined up for the yeah. next two or three iterations. It's going to be after that that Albert Cook is going to be able to put his stamp on things. Yeah, and the shares really haven't fallen all that much today. Only a few, only a few and they're dollars. basically even with the market, yeah. yeah, which is pretty surprising to me. I mean, I know that this is there's been an expectation that this would happen to some yeah. extent, but it's hard to believe the market hasn't responded more. I guess I, I would just like to say on a, on, on a personal note that this is happening. Steve Jobs is 56 years old. This is happening because he has a very severe health concern. And I just, you know, I, you know, I wish him the best. Um, looking forward, um, you know, Jim, you said you think, you know, for the, for the near term, the products are in place, that sort of thing. Um, let's just go around the table. Uh, from the standpoint of investors, um, what is the big question that you have? when it comes to Apple? What's going to be the next big product? I mean, they've reinvented the the, the cellular phone. They reinvented the uh, way we listen to music. They're reinventing with the iPad the way we do uh, computing, especially online computing. What's left? Is it televisions? A lot of people are talking about uh, a new Apple TV, but that's there's some pretty good TVs out there. Uh, the Onion speculated they're going into printers. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm thinking hoverboards. But is, is it skateboards? Is it? Uh, I don't know. I'd go with a hoverboard. Yeah, I that'd mean, be pretty cool. We're only a few years away from uh, what is it? Back to the Future. Yeah. Where, where you know, I think 2015. I think that's when we're supposed to expect it's hoverboards. It's going to be a big year. All right. Uh, on a more serious note, joke. The question you have when it comes to Apple. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think Jobs' departure is a very serious thing. I mean, this isn't like a Netflix where, sure, it's high growth and there's a lot of that baked into valuation, but Netflix is a membership model where you have cash coming in on a consistent basis. And the great innovations at Netflix have largely already taken place. Mm -hmm. And at this point, they just need to keep pushing that forward and expanding outward. You know, when you look at Apple, the model's completely different, where they have to continuously innovate. And it's not like if they have a misstep. Like, if iPhone 5 isn't all that great, or iPad 3 is a bit of a whiff, it's not going to kill them or anything like that. But it will derail them. And consumer electronics is as brutal an industry as you will find. Go look at Nokia. Go look at Motorola. Look at Nintendo. They could all tell you about that. Bill? 
You know, for me, I think that the you know the big question with Apple is going to be: um, is this is this actually creating a leadership vacuum? I mean, it seems like it, it. It seems like it. Although they are, you know, they're saying all the right things, mm-hmm. and Tim Cook has been, you know, has been in the chair in a, you know, in, in a de facto way for a while. But nonetheless, it will be interesting to see how they respond to their first crisis. Shares of Bank of America up today after Berkshire Hathaway bought five billion dollars worth of preferred shares. Uh, Joe, what kind of preference did Mr. Buffett get? A lot better than we would get. Yeah, I was going to say, wait, break down the preferred shares thing for me. Because, sure. again, if, if I'm just looking to buy Bank of America, I'm pretty sure I'm not getting preferred shares. I mean, because preferred, that, that, that sounds good, it right? sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want some of those preferred shares. Sure. So preferred shares, preferred stock, fall in between debt and common equity that you and I would just buy on a stock exchange on the totem pole. Um, the difference is that unlike a regular stock, like common stock you would trade, it's effectively a bond. And so there's like coupon payments that are paid out from that. And Berkshire Hathaway will get 6% annually on that, which is not all that amazing a rate. The real value here except, <laughs> except, <laughs> is that B of A threw in 700 million warrants, which amounts to about 6 or 7% dilution for them. Uh, a warrant is like a call option. It gives you the right to buy at a certain price. And these warrants have a duration of 10 years, which in option time is forever. So at any point in the next 10 years, Berkshire Hathaway can pay, I believe the price is $7.14. That's right. So they're already in the money, about $350 million on this. So that's about like a 7 or 8% return on their initial investment. That annualizes pretty well. Yeah. yeah. yeah that does okay. Yeah. Nerd speak aside, I mean, this was a great deal for them. Uh, initially, I didn't think all the terms were that great on the preferreds because it's not all, 6% isn't all that high by Buffett standards, at least compared to the terms he just you know raked uh, Goldman right Sachs Goldman, over right. <laughs> uh, during the financial crisis. But those warrants are beautiful and it really speaks to the value that Buffett brings to the table and that no one else can get because B of A made that deal because it was getting Buffett's stamp of approval on the business. Yeah. Well, plus they're also getting cash. I mean, unlike when you or I buy a stock, you know, you're yep. just you're just trading with somebody else. This is money that actually goes to Bank of America, which Bank of America has basically six divisions, five of which are extraordinarily profitable, and the other is their mortgage division, which is a disaster and probably will need additional funds, you know, to, to keep it shored up. But so this actually puts some funds and gives them a little bit more of a cushion. Uh, Bank of America is essentially a slightly different company than it, than it was yesterday, and it isn't all perception, and it isn't all the Buffett stamp of approval. They actually have some additional assets that they could use to shore up their uh, their poorly performing uh, segment. So, what does this say about Bank of America? I mean, is is the, does it say something about? It says Bank they're of, messed up, <laughs> or or is yeah. this really a story about Warren Buffett taking advantage of what was? really an only-for-Warren-Buffett type of opportunity? A little bit of both. Bank of America has been given some more optionality now. And one thing that has been talked about is, would it be possible for them to put their mortgage division into bankruptcy and save the rest? I mean, you know, that's these are the types of things that they are having to explore because of the position that they're in. And so it really does, you know, it really does speak to both. I mean, Warren Buffett is providing them with a lot of different things, including capital. So, I, I mean, it really, it really does speak to both. Yeah, I agree. And there's some crazy irony here that we're seeing this great example of Buffett's unique ability to get a deal done and bring value to Berkshire happening on the heels of jobs leaving Apple, where you've got two guys who are maybe the most, um, 
I don't know. It's tough to find two guys that you could assign more value to. Yeah, certainly the two more. of the most watched. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, I don't know, Jobs' leaving was just a reminder, too, that, you know, Uncle Warren is not going to be running Berkshire forever. And eventually he'll be replaced by someone who doesn't get these sweetheart deals. So it, it's you think it's Buffett? It's the Buffett stamp of approval less than the Berkshire Hathaway injection of of billions. Yeah, I think it's both. I mean, Berkshire also has a huge balance sheet, and there aren't a lot of companies out there that can just write a five billion dollar check. Well, so. they could write it. <laughs> <laughs> I I can do that. Yeah. Try cashing can, it though. I got that move. <laughs> Just cash it at Bank of America, I swear. <laughs> clear. Um, Becky Quick uh, on CNBC this morning said that she spoke with Warren Buffett, who said to her, among other things, that he got the idea for this um, when he was in the bathtub yesterday. Wow. Shenanigans. Uh, you're not, you're, you're not buying that? Uh, it's a little too quaint? It's a little too? Yeah, it's a little too Archimedes. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I know you're all hardworking you know, in bathers. Ve- in well, ve- hopefully, Buffalo didn't go running down the street. Either. Yeah, I know you're all hardworking investment guys. You're, I see you at your desk, you know, crunching the numbers, going through everything. But I'm, I'm guessing there are other places than your desk where you get investment ideas or epiphanies. Joe Mager, do you have? A, uh, it doesn't have to be the bathtub. It could be, it could be when you're out running or something like Eating that. Eating bacon. Eating bacon. <laughs> That's Eating every bacon day. In the shower and the bathtub. No, my best thinking spot is airplanes. Because I can't really get distracted by anything else, and I usually just have a couple hours sitting by myself, and it just forces you to suck it up and think. So Joe flies most weekends. Just, <laughs> just yeah. Well, I don't have very many good ideas. So. <laughs> I always read books on airplanes. I like uh, thinking out when I'm hiking around state parks. Nice. Bill Mann? I think the, the biggest epiphany that I've ever gotten, or maybe the best for radio story, was in a bathroom at the McDonald's on, you know, alongside an interstate. And I went, hey. You know, it seems to me that I'm always, you know, when you're on the interstate, you're always stopping at McDonald's. And this was in like 2002 when after McDonald's shares had been crushed. And so I was thinking, why isn't this an advantage? And I wonder, does McDonald's own this land? And it turns out that they bought all the land that's on, you know, that's on interchanges of interstates around the country. And that's kind of, you know, that's that's why McDonald's has beaten most of its competition. Was there another McDonald's in the bathroom there? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Starbucks within a Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bill Mann from Motley Fool Asset Management, Jim Mueller from Motley Fool Stock Advisor, and Joe Mager from Motley Fool Inside Value. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank, Thank you. you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Be sure to check out the Motley Fool Money radio show this weekend. Our guest is personal finance expert and radio host Clark Howard. That's Motley Fool Money on iTunes, online, and on radio stations across America, although not nearly as many radio stations as Clark Howard is on, unfortunately. Uh, That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening, and depending on Hurricane Irene, hopefully we will see you on Monday. (laughs) What what, What other natural disasters could befall us?